White Sox! White Sox! Go! 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 Call your sons! Call your daughters! Holy cow! Carlton Burns has put the White Sox ahead! There goes number 400! The big Brad Burns takes the perfect game! His second no-hitter! You can't put it on the board! Yeah! Can it go? Grand slam! The White Sox winner and a world championship! Have all the fun you want, Tim Anderson! This one is... Locked on socks. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey. And the best White Sox talk is on Locked on Socks podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello and welcome back to Locked on Socks. I am Herb Lawrence. With me is Chris Tannehill. This is episode number 45. How are you doing today, Chris? Doing great, Herbie. And episode 45 of Locked on Socks is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Well, summer's here, and if you're like us, you're planning a little road trip. Herbie's uh, departing for San Diego. I just got back from Michigan myself. But before you put your key in the ignition, you're going to want to make sure everything in your car is running tip-top. And if not... You need to find replacement parts fast. You need to head over to rockauto.com. There's so many different makes and models of automobiles these days. Finding the right parts for your car can be overwhelming at times. And honestly, there's no way your local auto parts store could possibly stock everything for your specific vehicle. That's why you need to head over to our friends at rockauto.com. As I said, I went on vacation last week. And of course, when you travel with a wife and a six-year-old, we had practically our entire house loaded up in our SUV. Well, thankfully, the car's running great. But as I'm jamming in bike and scooters i found myself saying you know i wish i had a bike rack you know like those perfect little families you see on the road when you're driving around so i go to rockauto.com and bam under accessories bike racks there's so many to choose from and if something is out of stock they'll email you when they have it again and i appreciate that rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers my favorite part of rockauto.com no email required you just go in find the parts you're looking for pay and get back out on the road so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and do me a favor this is really important right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right so episode 45 there's a lot of places we can go with this and obviously when you think 45 you think Danny Tartable in 1996. Of course, he of, of Seinfeld fame, Danny Tartable. Did you see that guy? He just gave me the finger. <laughs> you, you sure? Oh, yeah. Middle finger straight up at me. At us. And that's all I know him from. And that and, of course, being a White Sox legend. Uh, so we'll, we'll move on quickly. So it's settled. Danny Tartable, yes? <laughs> no. no. Excuse me. What's the problem? I believe you cut me off. And then made an obscene gesture. I did? Where? Outside of Manhattan about an hour ago. <laughs> Is that Danny Tartable? That's right. Um, there's a lot of um, pitchers, uh, pitching coaches. There are at least two pitching coaches I could see here. And the dearly departed Kevin Hickey, who was a uh, White Sox coach 
a batting practice coach for a long time, the rest in peace. So Carl Willis was in there. And also Dave Rigetti was a former White Sox who wore the number 45. But, of course, we're going to name this 45 after our great president, President Trump. (laughs) But we have to get our sports back. I'm tired of watching baseball games that are 14 years old. But I haven't actually had too much time to watch. I would say maybe I watch one batter and then I get back to work. But we're not. We're not. Definitely your president, as you always call him. Um, he is. You know, he is you, my favorite. I think what we'll end up doing here is uh, is this one's tough. I think I know which one I want to go with. Out of the two we're looking at, um, I think it's two. Right, they're consecutive people. Right. Well, of course, you know um, <laughs> what jumped out at me is Scott Ruffcorn. Scott Ruffcorn, in terms of White Sox prospects, is like, you know, you want to talk about guys that, that were like ultimate busts. Um, Scott yes. Ruffcorn is always like one of those guys you think of. Did you know that he never won a major league game? Oh, my God. All the talk about him. I didn't know he never won a game. Not, wow. that, not that wins matter, but, yeah, he, he never won a big league, big league game in his career. And it's really sad uh, when you think about it. Um yeah, it's just one of those odd things. Like he was a negative two and a half WAR player for his uh, the entirety of his career. Um, so yeah, Scott Ruffcorn there. But no, I think we're gonna go with the one of the last strangers that I touched in person, um, Bobby Jenks. Oh yes, <laughs> we met Bobby Jenks at the Score Studios, and you know this was like before. Uh, anyone really, you know, cared about COVID? Like this, this was what February, March. I'm trying to think. Like it was, it didn't seem that long ago. But Bobby Jenks came by the studio, and we took pictures with him, and he was he was cool as hell. But yeah, like just touching a stranger, that's something that I don't think we'll be doing going forward. But he was super cool. One of the biggest dudes I've ever seen in person. He is huge. He's a monster of a man. I also was gonna, you know, I know people are yelling. What about El Caballo, man? Yeah, that's a good call too. But you know, to me, always the side of the world World Series champion is always there. But I'm I'd be willing to listen. They they both spent five years on the South Side, productive years. Yeah, this one we may have to flip a coin for. Whatever we're feeling towards the end of the episode, maybe something we talk about will sway us one way or another. But I mean, Bobby Jenks, like you know, I, I've got. God, we took a picture with him, so I think that that, that gives us the edge. Not that we wouldn't take one with El Caballo, but... Caballo would never <laughs> let us take a picture with him. Um, weirdly enough, like, hitting-wise, El Caballo wasn't that great of a White Sox. I mean, he was above average, but he was a better Houston Astro, much Brewer. better uh, Milwaukee Brewer. It was one year in Texas, he was better. I mean, he had a good year, good years with the White Sox, 288, 340, 488. But, you know, when he went to Milwaukee, he started crushing the ball, and especially in Houston, too. So, yeah, I would say Bobby Jenks, championship wins you. And I think Bobby Jenks went to an all-star game as a White Sox pitcher. In Is that 06, true? In 06, probably, yeah, when half the damn team made it to Pittsburgh. And we're going to yeah, get to and, Pittsburgh um, in a second, yeah. But, yeah, all-star. And, Cosley never was an all-star with the White Sox. So, yeah, let's go with the the better White Sox player, I think. I will say at least the guy that you think contributed more as far as the championship. 2006 and 2007, Bobby Jenks was an all-star. So, yes, this episode will be named after Robert Jenks. So, boom. Here comes the boom. All right, red here not. Here comes episode 45. I, I got something really grinding my gears. There was one thing that I saw on social media during my vacation 
that that sort of sl- you slipped through it seeped through and it made its way through my phone and into my eyes and i was it, it nearly ruined my vacation but for some reason uh, you mean mercedes playing third base <laughs> no but i how how is that how, how first of all i gotta ask you i meant to ask you the last episode these images of like these inner squad games and just players just being there in general how does it make you feel when you see that for me it makes you feel a little ugh, a little uncomfortable just seeing all those all those guys out there playing baseball together shitty because they didn't broadcast it i'm like what the hell you have an exclusive tv partner in nbc sports chicago what else are they doing in the afternoon at three o'clock one o'clock other than not broadcasting this game they didn't even put it on their damn website i'm like Stop sending me still images. Stop sending me Chuck Garfine tweets or <laughs> the White Sox uh, account tweets or the the guys down uh, the 400 level in the press box tweets of uh, home runs you really can't see because the, the camera's so far away. Broadcast the game. Give me something. People are starving for White Sox baseball. And when I saw the parrot make its appearance yesterday man oh that made me feel good and also pissed that i didn't get to see that live that was one thing that i did see also that kind of made my day was seeing the parrot and they're, they're everyone's it's spring training for everyone it's summer camp for everyone so even third base coach who i think is still joe joe McEwing. i don't remember to be honest with you it's been a while since i've seen everyone in uniform Capra. Nick oh, Nick Capra. Capra. Yeah, you're right. Thank you very much. Uh, Nick Capra, he sort of had the parrot motion uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> as Encarnacion rounded third base. So everyone's getting their, their parrot mechanics uh, in order for 2020, which I love to see it. You know, I think one of the things that I'm looking forward to the most is seeing that parrot in real time game action uh, <sighs> against uh, the, the Indians, his former team possibly, or, or, or the Cubs, you know bringing that parrot out to Wrigley Field to the north side uh, for a stroll I think would be fun. But uh, a couple schedule notes here that we, we haven't mentioned yet. So the Field of Dreams game, we haven't talked about this much yet, um, but we were looking forward to this game, probably me more so than you. I knew there was no way I'd be able to obtain tickets to get to this game even before COVID happened. It, it seemed like mm-hmm. it was going to be something that was just for – season ticket holders, sponsorships, things, sponsors, things like that because of the limited capacity at the ballpark in, in Iowa. And so the, it was supposed to be the Yankees initially, and recently it was announced that the Cardinals uh, replaced the Yankees in the Field of Dreams game. you have uh, any, any thoughts about the Cardinals sort of jumping in and, and, and replacing the Yankees? Are you just happy that it's not the Cubs? No, I mean, it would have made more sense it was the Cubs or the Reds, who they played the 1919 World Series, which the movie is kind of about because Shoeless Joe not be able to play baseball anymore. How about you have the Reds out there, you dummies? But whatever. There's no real link with the White Sox and the Cardinals. I mean, except for our hate, our fans' hatred for the Cubs, that's about it. I have nothing against the Cardinals except for their their fans think they're the best in baseball. But otherwise, as a White Sox fan, I don't know any Cardinal game necessarily where we had umbrage or anything like that. Uh, We almost played them in the World Series, but Houston won that series in 2005. I mean, I shrug my shoulders. Cardinals, I, I guess so. I was at one game where the White Sox absolutely destroyed the Cardinals, uh, I think, early interleague game. Uh, McGuire hit a really far home run, but other than that, I think the White Sox murdered those people. It's but really un- no cardinal feeling for me. Yeah, it's really unfortunate that fans are not going to be able to attend this game. At least we don't think so yet. I, I think they probably could 
Um, I don't know what what Iowa's cases, what 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 their rate is at at this point, but let's just say that they probably won't have fans there, and it's really a shame because they would have been possibly in the running to break the uh, Guinness Book of World Records record for number of jean shorts worn at a single outside gathering. So this is really unfortunate. That's, you know, these things like this, you know, you won't hear about them years later in the history books, but we want to document it right now that the the absence of of the abundance of jorts from Sox fans and Cardinals fans is really one of the the, the low-key tragedies of this whole pandemic. But I digress. I I am looking forward to, to seeing that game. Another reason why I say glad it's not the Cubs because this game was supposed to be sort of like the White Sox national coming out party like they were hopefully Mm going to be in a position of contention in August and you know the the Cubs just have a bigger national audience so naturally you know I I think the you know ESPN would flock towards that narrative of it how it's the Cubs and um, they're America's the Midwest team and you know here we are in this you know mecca of, of baseball in the Midwest in Iowa so yeah, I, I I am happy that it's it, it's not the Cubs, but I think the Reds would have made perfect sense. I think that's a good call by you right there. Some other schedule news: one that really pissed me off. The 2021 schedule is out for the White Sox, and we thought that they would just go to the current season schedule by default, just push it back a year. You know, keep all these same interleague. rivalries and interleague matchups intact carried over Mm -hmm. to 2020 you know it just makes most sense there's you don't have to think as much going into it Uh, granted i i'm not a professional schedule maker i have no idea what goes into this uh i'm assuming it's just one computer that does it all for them and no one is sitting there going over conflicts of, of interest and different days that work for different teams but baseball has decided that they're gonna stick to Okay, this makes perfect sense. They're going to stick to regional interleague rivalries, so the Central versus Central again. But it's funny because the Sox are going to begin their season on the West Coast for yeah. seven straight days. So, so the argument of like limiting travel, I don't see how that how this is part of it. But there is one, you know, so they're not going to be in San Francisco, which I'm really upset about. We were supposed to go there this year before all this happened, and we're hoping, at the very least, just push it back to next year so Sox fans can finally see Oracle Park, uh, I think it's called now. I never remember. But hopefully Sox fans will get to see the Sox in San Francisco, and we can just – I still have flight vouchers for a year from May, so until May 2021 I can book a flight. I was just hoping to book it for San Francisco. But that's not yes. going to be the case, as they're only playing central teams. Now, I, I assume you were just up, as upset as I was when finding out about the lack of, uh, of of San Francisco on this White Sox schedule. Yeah, exactly for the same reasons you had. And schedules, I think, only need to be messed with around the All-Star break to give the team that's hosting the All-Star game enough time to set up the field for the Celebrity game and the the futures game for that team to be out of state. So that would only be four or five games for that particular team. They're easy as hell to make otherwise. I mean, there's playing the MLB, the show game. They come up with a schedule every single year. And it seems that it's 162 and it's even. And I played the teams that are on the schedule and it doesn't seem like it's uh, that hard for this algorithm to work for this video game. If they can do that for this video game, I'm sure Major League Baseball, and I don't know what the rush was to get it four days after you released the 2020 schedule. Like, he's like, 
you had, uh, I think Danny Rocket on Twitter said, MLB's doing two-for-one schedules. They got the one on the one for this year on Monday and released the one for 2021 on Thursday. It's ridiculous. I don't need to know what they're doing unless they have this the same schedule, just push back a year. That would have been pimp. I don't know when we're ever going to get to San Francisco because they can say, hey, that was the year to go for San Francisco. Sorry. And then the next time San Francisco plays the White Sox, it's in Chicago. I'm like, no, that's not the point. We want to go to San Francisco. I think they've only gone there one time in my history. I don't know any other time the White Sox. No, they went there twice. And they go there in the 2005 year uh, to San Francisco. Yeah, but- I think so. Yeah. And then once again, I, th- I think maybe in, in 09 possibly. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah. it's been a long ass time. And so we need to get back there. And I, I can feel in 2022 them doing that shit. We're okay here. Here's the West teams again. You guys miss. But San Francisco's here now. I'm yeah. like fucking dudes. <laughs> and that's the funny thing about them putting out the schedule when, when they did it, like you mentioned, like usually the schedule comes out late August, early September, I feel like you sort of as the season sort of naturally winds down and a lot of teams that are out of it, you know, this is the one thing I always look forward to is because as you guys may or may not know who listen to this podcast, we love traveling and watching the Sox play across the country, uh, usually driving distance, preferably. Uh, but the San Francisco trip was definitely one we look forward to. But the, the schedule day is a big day for us who like to travel and sort of plan your calendar year around what road trips you're going to be taking. So for them to do it now, it, it's certainly odd. You'd think they'd wait things out and just just wait to release it till September and maybe you know give something give the fans something to look forward to. Maybe if the season doesn't go sort of to plan. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a weird decision, but there is a silver lining here. And of course the Sox return to one of the finest ballparks in America, June 22nd and 23rd white Sox at pirates. I can't wait mm. to take another stadium tour and follow those guys up the rotunda and take a look at the beautiful stadium up there <laughs> down there in Pittsburgh and with the Yinzers and all. So this, it's only two game series. So, but the, beautiful, the middle of the week, right? It's the middle of the week. I don't care. I say we get down there Monday. Get to drive up there Monday. Down there Monday, I should say. Uh, get get hammered in Pittsburgh before they close down the town at eight o'clock. And, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe finally, I could see that Andy Warhol museum that Bernstein's always telling me how great it is that I never got a chance to see. All the times we've been in Pittsburgh, but I, the Pittsburgh is a, is a dope ass little town, man. I say little town only comparison to Chicago, but it's a dope city, and it's something. It's a city I certainly wouldn't mind spending a little extra time in uh, compared to uh, to years past. So June twenty second, twenty third, twenty twenty one, we're there. I'm gonna buy that beer for for our, our, our for our buddy John Shank. John, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, and uh, but. Um, I, the most important question about this trip we're taking, do we stop in Cleveland before or after <laughs> to go to Melt? Oh, why not both? If anything, if anything's taught us anything this year in 2020, the year of our COVID, is that take nothing for granted. And if you like doing something, do it and double down on it. So I, I'm perfectly content. Uh, maybe we go to, to different Ohio locations of Melt. Maybe we go to to one on the way there and the and the other location on the way back. Who knows? Let's get nuts here. But, you know, as long as we save room for Permani Brothers, uh, th- you know, we got to do it. But I am looking forward to just going to PNC Park again. I always tell Cubs fans this as well. Every time the Cubs are at PNC, I'm like, hey, you never know, uh, you know, 
when you'll have a chance to do it. So if you if it's like on a, on a holiday weekend, I was like, get your ass down there to PNC Cubs fans and check it out because they have multiple opportunities per year. And it's just it's you know if you like seeing ballparks, it's it's there's no better place really you could argue. It's PNC Petco Fenway for me. Uh, you know the one two three depending on what order. I don't know how whatever mood I wake up in. <laughs> you know it depends, but yeah, just. Get your ass down there to PNC, one of the great experiences if you're a baseball fan in America. And I know you smart guys are like, hey, Cleveland's not on the way to Pittsburgh if you go a straight line. We understand. We make that special stop. That's the only thing we do in Cleveland because Cleveland is a terrible town, a horrible town. <laughs> I mean, it's not its own. It's not his fault. I mean, when LeBron left the first time, he took the, all the excitement out of the team, and then he came back, he brought it back, and then he left again. And now they're trying to trade – one of their best players off of their team because they're poor. Come on, man. Cleveland sucks. You like it? You think Cleveland's cool? I mean, I never heard anybody say I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. I mean, what's so good about Cleveland? And But Melt is worth the trip to Cleveland real quick and then jut down to Pittsburgh to see a real city, which very underrated. I know you're, you're, you're saying to yourself, if you haven't been to Pittsburgh before, a steel town sounds boring, sounds sleepy. No, sir. No, sir. It's really fun. That uh, Peace Love and Little Donuts, delicious. Oh. They have the area up in uh, where University of Pittsburgh is located, which is weirdly enough called Oakland. And that's a nice hippie area where the youngsters hang out. It's very hilly. It's a nice, uh, comfortable city to be in. And I don't know if you call it a Midwest city because I don't like most Midwest cities. They're kind of sleepy. Pittsburgh is the exception if you call it a Midwest. West City, that in Kansas City. I like those cities uh, in Chicago as the ones that I would like, okay, I'll actually stay in this city to have some little fun. And you have a chance there also in Pittsburgh, walk the Roberto Clemente Bridge, but also see one of the statues that's worth having in this country is the Roberto Clemente statue. You talk about Mm. a a real-life hero uh, to, you know, baseball fans, you know, Puerto Rican people of this country and just a great humanitarian Roberto Clemente is that dude so there's not many statues uh, that, that, are, that are remaining uh, and and that's certainly one of those statues are like okay I get this one but yeah 2021 Pittsburgh let's do it and also intriguing I mentioned the White Sox opening the season uh, in Anaheim uh, for the first time in ever <laughs> that I can remember the White Sox starting their season on the West Coast like that. Uh, Shep reminding us on Twitter that the last time a Chicago team opened in Anaheim, they won the World Series. Of course, that being the Cubs in, in 2016. Uh, Jake Arrieta, I believe, starting opening night for the Cubs there. But that's on my birthday weekend. May, I don't know if things will be decent by April of 2021. But what do you what do you what do you say, Herbie? Little California, little 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 comedy store, little baseball. What do you think? Are you in? I would much yeah rather go to a baseball game in L.A. Anaheim area than the football game I went to last year with the Rams and the Bears. So I'm definitely in. And Anaheim, I've been to when I lived out there in San Diego. It's beautiful. There's a lot of Chicago, Chicagoans out there. The Chicago flavor is deep. And I've never really spent any quality time in Anaheim like we would do for the uh, opening of next year. But and April in Chicago is going to be fucking filthy and cold. So Anaheim is 75 and a uh, little uh, – they need coats out there for the nights. I'll be smooth with that. Loving that. 
Yeah, we may have to go back because my my daughter is still pissed that we went to Disneyland in 2018, and it was an amazing oh. experience. And and they do everything to have to make sure you have a great time there. We went to Disneyland, but her favorite Disney princess, Rapunzel, was nowhere to be found. And we often wondered where the hell was Rapunzel. We saw every other princess, but her favorite Rapunzel was not there. I don't know if she was like you know out on a smoke break or something. So you is know, that's the one with the hair. Yes, yes. Rapunzel's got the long, long. Uh, blonde hair and she was nowhere to be found and it didn't mean we didn't have a great time there but we kept saying hey it's a reason to go back we'll go back again sometime soon and maybe you go you'll see rapunzel so i got to get back before she stops giving a shit about all this disney stuff and you know where it's still magical to her so <laughs> maybe maybe we'll do it again in 2021 you know that that will still fall along the lines of those vouchers that we've got to use for the the San Francisco trip that went by the wayside. So uh, we still have two airline tickets in the, in the back pocket. So maybe we can just do that and sort of uh, alleviate some of those expenses of a California trip. But, but I, I like those options at least, you know, we try to try to find a silver lining into the 2021 schedule. I, I don't think there was anything else that stuck out to me uh, other than the Pittsburgh trip and the, and the odd place to, to open the season. But yeah, they're, Toronto late in August, you know, an option there. Um, but yeah, that, that was about it. Kind of a, a boring schedule, but hopefully it'll be, uh, it, it'll be on the way to a 2021 championship romp for the White Sox and it won't matter who they play. And we'll just be looking forward to every game no matter what. But uh, another- Yeah, I remember looking at that schedule and I was like, there's nothing here we haven't done. And like you and Brendan both said when we saw Pittsburgh, it was like, you know, I, I've been to Pittsburgh multiple times. And I don't need to go back to Pittsburgh, but I want to go back to Pittsburgh. So I'll I'll gladly do that. Let's do that. So, yes, that was the only thing that stood out for me. And I don't have my passport as yet. I should get it. I was supposed to go to France this year. So COVID messed that up. So I desperately need a passport. And Toronto, people tell me it's a great city. And Canada, I've been there one time for 15 minutes. And then I went back to the United States. So let's see if we can do that Toronto too if we have enough time if there's time Toronto sounds good we need to check it off anyways right that's right I, I certainly do and you know you mentioned the uh, coronavirus uh, it pops up quite often uh, did you see our guy Joe West had some thoughts on on the Rona this week let's cue up a little Joe West music here my baby took me to the ballpark to see a baseball game Lord, it had to be at least 99 in the shade. Well, I was there we go. Um, Joe West told this to The Athletic and Ken Rosenthal about coronavirus. Quote, I don't believe in my heart that all these deaths have been from coronavirus, West told The Athletic. I believe it may have contributed to some deaths. I'm not going to opt out. I'm going to work. And I'm going to work until you take me off the field or I get hurt, whatever. I'm working. Joe West needs to umpire 65 games only to break the all-time record for most regular season games worked by an umpire, which is held by Bill Clem with 5,375 games. He told USA Today Sports that he's being cautious, just like everyone else, but he's never thought about not working this season. All right, there's, there's a lot going on here. Joe, just get over there and umpire, will you? Just get over there and umpire, that's all. There's a lot going on here with, with Joe West. He's clearly a a, uh, a faith over fear person. I saw a lot of those t-shirts when I was up north. 
Uh, but those people were still wearing masks. They they may have the shirt that says faith over fear, but they were still wearing the mask when entering a grocery store. This is just an odd take by Joe West, and it's obviously very self-serving. I don't know if anyone made this joke uh, when I was away, but of course, if you have Joe West versus coronavirus, that's a matchup where I'm going to have a hard time picking a favorite here. <laughs> I, I, you know, the coronavirus, much like Joe West, likes to inject itself in any situation, you know, where, where it hasn't been a, a part of previously. The coronavirus just likes being a part of the conversation, just like Joe West. Ask anyone who's a, who's a fan of the White Sox or Mark Burley. They know that. Mark Burley is one of Joe West just wanted to stick it right up his behind, and he did. I say that we sort of map this out as we're, as we're talking about the 2021 schedule. Let's say Joe West umpires 60 games this year. Then he'll need five more to break the record in 2021. I say we, we, we find where Joe West is going to be in 2021. And the second they say, you know, they'll, they'll obviously have something before the game, before he goes out there behind home plate or whatever it is. And like, and now tonight we honor umpire Joe West. And then we just before anyone even realizes what's going on. I think we should make oh. that our road trip for 2021. Yeah, uh, I don't know who said it on Twitter, but I'm going to parrot their words. They said, despite all the evidence in front of him, Joe West still gets the call wrong. And <laughs> what what else can you do? This guy has shown you the type of person he is by the type of umpire he is. And I'm sure Angel Hernandez is the same type of dude, like a defiant dickhead of a guy and joe west doesn't need to speak i don't know who put a microphone or anything in front of his face i don't ever need to find out what he is who he is because he's a terrible umpire he's terrible at his job i don't you know like i don't get on guys like who laz diaz who i think is not good at his job because i don't think laz is not trying to be good, bad at his job i don't think he's demonstrative like joe and angel hernandez are um, Joe like takes pride in being the guy like the ump show was made for him because he thinks that, oh, man, people are here for me and they're here to listen to me do these calls and throw people out and throw Mark Burley out like you just mentioned. Mark Burley, consummate professional. Everybody likes Mark Burley. You throw him out for showing a little disgust that you called him on two balk moves. Bullshit. Like, you throw Mark Burley out, you know you got a problem. You you get in an argument with Mark Burley, you know that you didn't fucked up now. So, yeah, Joe West, I wish him the best. Get your fucking award of the most umpire games ever and leave immediately. He is a terrible, terrible person. And this is the type of person right here, the one that, that denies that 130 thousand people have died so far in america that it's all from it's all not from that what do you think they're fucking reporting what do you think the the the, the deaths are from there's 130 thousand people not with us anymore they're dying of something i don't care if you think they're lying to you about coronavirus they're dying of something dick so shut your fucking mouth until you know something I just don't like the guy. He just, he just gets under my skin, and I know you're not supposed to, and I definitely don't think that umpires cause people gains and losses, but he is the closest to causing teams to lose games because he wants to do it his way instead of the way the rule book is. And I cannot wait until they have robot umpires. I wish they would have instituted 
five days before he fucking got set gets that fucking uh, <laughs> record and just say, hey, sorry, Joe, we're only going to be going with two umpires and we're, you're not one of them. Bye. That actually, type of shit. He actually gets fired by the crew chief, which is a cyborg umpire. It's like, get out, <laughs> get out, get out. Your time is now up, <laughs> Mr. West. You are dismissed. And the whole Joe West thing, you know, I hate when people make this sort of a, as an argument. It's like, well, I'm I work. I like to work. I get out there and work. Like it's not about like people who was like ability or or want to work. It's not about that. It's about people putting the safety of themselves and their family on the line. It's not about you know people who are just like you know oh I like working. So that, that's that's all you got to tell me is like just tell me where to be, where to show up, and and I'll work because that's what we do in this country. It's like you hear these dumbass commercials that are on now. Where it's like, you know, get a guy who sounds like Sam Elliott. It's like, well, Americans are tough. 2020 has <laughs> been just as tough. But now it's time to get your ass back to work. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> what? It's not safe yet. Actually, things are worse than they were in March. It's not time to get back to work. I hate when people equate this with like a a, a want to work sort of uh, mentality. But another thing that was interesting from this athletic article is uh, he's, Joe West says, that he that he's lost some weight. He said he's lost about twenty five pounds uh, this uh, off season. I guess you want to call it. So good for him. He's lost a lot of weight, Joe West, compared to enough of you, Joe West. Even when the games aren't going on, he, he has to make himself part of the conversation, which is everything you need to know uh, about Joe West. That is a flat out absolute disgrace to the umpiring profession. What this guy has been doing in episode forty four, we were talking about players having to depend on other players and coaching and sports staff to beat this coronavirus, to not get it. This is the fucker that could get people the problem. Because Joe West and the rest of the umpires, they take commercial flights. They take regular-ass flights with regular-ass people. And if a dude like this has that conspiracy theory as thinking going on in his head that this is not from coronavirus, this some bitch is going to not wear a mask in a fucking to going 3,000 miles across the country and just go to the umpire game the next day for the next three, four days. Converse with his fellow umpires. All that shit. Get six feet close because he doesn't believe in all the stuff that's going on. And the deaths are not because of coronavirus. This is the stuff. This person is the one that they Major League Baseball should say, hey, you don't believe the deaths are real? You're going to sit out this year then. We're making you sit out. I don't care. This is a serious issue. You don't believe it. And you won't be following protocol, so you will be sitting out this year. And if we got to file a grievance, we got to file a grievance. But we're not. And him himself, he's 67 years old. He's in the. And, and he's lost 20 pounds, but I still think he might be a little overweight. He's in the prime category for the people who are passing away who are catching this illness and going to be sick and they're on respirators. So if I wish Joe West all the best at his life after umpiring, live a long life. But as he's, as he's an umpire, I hate the guy. He's a terrible, terrible person. Great point by you. And I'm wondering, I, I just, I forgot about the whole commercial flights thing. And I know you're just part of that is just you being elitist and you only fly first class and you look down on, on all of us riding, in uh, coach, but I wonder if they're going to change. They haven't talked about their umpire protocol. I don't know if they're going to have guys sort of stationed 
in in specific cities and and then having them drive like i think that would make most sense but yeah that's another layer to this that i don't think they've talked about yet um one last thing white Sox related i figure would leave you with something positive um that's not a test and james mccann was on the mcneil and parkin show on 670 the score that's where we uh earn our our bread and butter uh it's where we we work and james mccann was on the station and he was asked by matt spiegel it's a great question he was asked what pitchers on the staff have impressed him uh in the early going here and this relates sort of to the michael kopech angle which your plan was to have sort of Kopech and, and Ronaldo Lopez sort of tandem starts. You know, Kopech comes into a game, throws three or four innings, then Lopez comes in after him or reversal order of that. But we had talked about how this year could be a big year for Ronaldo Lopez. And here's what James McCann had to say about Ronaldo. Across the board, all, all of our young guys made, made improvements. Um, but one guy that really sticks out to me is, is Ronaldo Lopez. Um, you know, he had a tough year last year, had some good moments, had some rough moments. And, uh, you know, I think he, he took it to heart and he, he went out and he, he worked his tail off this offseason. When he showed up to, to spring training uh, back in Arizona, the, the comment I made was the difference in him from 2019 to 2020 was similar to the, the difference of Giolito from 2018 to 2019. Um, so I'm excited to see, see how that, that kind of transpires. And, uh, you know, you, um, you can't expect him to, to all of a sudden put up a year like Giolito put up last year. Um, but you can definitely see the progress that, that he's made, and uh, you know I'm, I'm not going to put uh, put uh, you know expectations on him, but I, I think that I, I think you're going to see a, a different Ronaldo Lopez than what you saw last year. I, I've been very impressed with him in camp. A different Ronaldo Lopez this year as opposed to last year. Very encouraging news from a guy who knows his staff, guy who's been here long enough, and to make the comparison of Giolito from 18 to 19, that's got me pretty excited thinking about the potential for Ronaldo Lopez this year. Yeah, I would love to have him be correct as he faced, I think, uh, Ronaldo Lopez in 2018, saw the filth that that kid can bring and probably didn't know what went wrong last year because he has the filthiest stuff on the staff, I believe, but the head's not there as yet. If he comes in with a great mindset, as James has says, it looked like from the pictures I saw, it looked like he was in excellent shape in March in spring training in Arizona. So I got to take James McCann's word for it, that he's looking to impress. And like we're talking about, as far as the numbers and now Michael Kopech's not there, but he could probably see the writing on the wall. He could see that Dylan Cease is on the staff and Keiko's going to be on staff. And so is Giolito. Rodon is probably in front of them. And so they just got Gio Gonzalez. Where am I fitting? Dane Dunning's coming back. Uh, Stevers might be here. You know, there's other people that they're just going to pass by me on if I don't get my shit together. So let's let's uh, plan on a good offseason like it seems like James McCann said he had. And let's come out this year in 2020 and have the year that they expect me to have and bounce back from that garbage I was out there doing last year. Just just it's it's. With the numbers he was throwing up last year, he's got too much talent to have that type of stats. To jump from the, one of the worst DRAs in the game, like Lucas Giolito had the worst, to one of the best, I don't expect that. But cut that to a four and a half, cut that to a four, we're, we're cooking with gas now. 
Yeah, I mentioned it a bunch of times before already, but one of the things that will sort of get the Sox to the next level, one of those things like, well, how can the Sox get to a division title? Like, it, what, what gets them there? And I've always said if Ronaldo Lopez gets back to his 2018 form, if he takes maybe even a step beyond that and, and recovers from last year, that could be something that could soften the blow of not having Michael Kopech for 2020. So very encouraging stuff there about Ronaldo Lopez. But that's all I got tonight for episode 45. Herbie, uh, I won't talk to you. Uh, safe travels out there on the road to San Diego. We'll, we'll, we'll do a, a, a podcast later on and as once you get settled out there. Uh, I don't want to have you working on your vacation, but I do want to talk to you because I, I miss you, man. I haven't seen you in a week, and then I'm not going to see you in person for another week because you'll be in San Diego. But I want all the details on your cross-country excursion uh, to the beautiful, most beautiful city in America, in my opinion. Yes, I will definitely give you the deets on that. We'll also talk about San Diego, as um, I know you were talking about North Platte, North uh, Nebraska, which we're going to first. So oh. I'll give you all the deets on the, that great city. And I won't be able to sleep tonight. The city of San Diego. I won't be able to sleep tonight thinking about the whole your the, the excitement is you're driving through Nebraska. Oh man, okay, get on the road now so I can talk to you sooner about Nebraska. For God's sakes, <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, so thank you. Yeah, I'll I'll be looking forward to seeing you and hearing from you this week. As you guys are listening to this podcast, I'm currently in San Diego, as Chris Tannehill said. So uh, if you want any beer uh, dropped back for you, TFB, I only have one for Chris and also Chris Dickens. I got to bring back so a minimal amount of uh, trunk space. But and, I will, and maximum uh, amount of Chris's, maximum Chris's that, that you can buy beers for has already been reached. The allotment is two. So Yes, and... And also, I'll take your beer selections or your beer recommendations for San Diego. As I've known, they have a uh, beer plethora out there with the Stone and the, of course, Ballast Point, where I'll be bringing back for Chris, uh, other ones out there. But thank you for listening to this episode, episode number 45. We've decided that one is not Carlos Lee. It is Bobby Jenks. Bobby Jenks, the World Series champion, pitched the last pitch in a World Series for the white side. But more importantly, the last guy I touched that I didn't know in person. The last guy I wrapped my arms around in this Yeah, pre- and you're you're a decently tall big dude and you look like a short dude next to him. I like that picture. It makes me look it makes me look thin, not like that Bobby Jenks is a, a big fat guy, but he's just a mountain oh. of a mountain of a man, so it made me look like a normal sized guy, which I appreciate. So, for Chris Tannehill, I am Herb Lawrence. If you want to write us an email, it's LockedOnSocks at gmail.com, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. And we did see yours, Pete Han, and we appreciate you listening to every episode that you do listen to. Yes, those numbers by Mark Burley, very, very uh, impressive. Uh, they do match up to all those other rest, those Hall of Famer pitchers who have thrown a no-hitter in a perfect game. All of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. Mark Burley, I say, should be eventually Maybe a Jerry Reinsdorf finagling later on. We'll get him in there. But for Chris Tano, for this is Herb Lawrence. Sorry, I'm doing it again. I'm like Ed Farmer here. <laughs> Good night, bye. We'll talk to you from San guys. Diego in Nebraska. Good night, friends from U.S. Cellular. Have a great Toodaloo. night. The Sox lose tonight, 18-2. to two. <laughs> We'll Don't talk, talk to, to you on the treadmill tomorrow, friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have a safe trip, Herbie. Will do.
Before we get out of here, make sure you tell your smart speaker to play Locked On Fantasy Baseball. That's right, Fantasy Baseball is still going down this year, and with the short season, it's going to be crazier and more fun than ever, so you're going to want to make sure you're up to date with everything Fantasy Baseball related on Locked On Fantasy Baseball. That is Locked On Socks. 